This episode of Indonesia In-Depth is brought to you by WeWork. WeWork is the office-sharing pioneer with a global presence with strategically placed locations throughout Jakarta. WeWork has revolutionized the workspace, which allows its members to be more efficient, productive, and collaborate with like-minded creators. We have a special deal for you from WeWork, and all you have to do is use this link, weworkdaypass.splashthat.com. Complete the registration form and enter the promo code INDEPTH, and you'll receive a free day pass to enjoy a hot desk membership. You'll be granted access and member benefits for the day at any WeWork Jakarta location. Again, the promo is weworkdaypass.splashthat.com. Use the promo code INDEPTH to get your free day pass. We thank WeWork for their support. President Widodo kicked off his second term in October earlier this year. Although he has made some progress in his first term with regards to implementing reforms and cutting the bureaucracy, the Healthcare and Social Security Agency, locally known as BPJS Kesehatan, which administers the National Healthcare Service, is suffering from a serious deficit. The deficit continues to grow and is threatening the entire healthcare system. It currently stands at 21 trillion rupiah, or just over 1.4 billion U.S. dollars. Pemirsa Presiden Susilo Bambang Yudhoyono selasa pagi meluncurkan secara resmi pelaksanaan sistem jaminan sosial nasional yang fully implemented in 2014, just a few months before President Widodo was inaugurated. BPJS Kesehatan now administers universal health care to more than 200 million Indonesians, one of the largest single-payer schemes in the world. The program covers everything from minor care, annual checkups, to open-heart surgery, with no copay and no charge. The program is simple. Everyone must participate. Premiums for low-income participants are fully covered by the government, while the majority of others pay heavily subsidized monthly premiums. Employers split the premiums between the employer and the employee, and independent workers pay for themselves. BPJS Kesehatan has been helping so many people, millions of people out there. Uh, that is very beneficial uh, since the launch of, in 2014. It's been helping people who do not have access uh, in healthcare, and now they do have the access. And this can be seen by the quaying uh, activity in, in, in the hospital in Jakarta. That's Stanley Saputra. He previously worked as special staff to the former governor of Jakarta, Basuki Cahyapurnama or Aho. In the governor's office, he worked closely with BPJS Kesehatan, and now he works for DoctorShare, a nonprofit that provides healthcare to people in remote areas of Indonesia. What I do in uh, the provincial government is actually to to reach the universal healthcare coverage. Uh, our main goal is actually to protect the people, to prevent them to to be in the poverty. And uh, one of the main causes uh, in poverty, one of it is uh, about the health issue. If you have certain amount of money, but if you get sick, then uh, you're going to use all of your money to pay for your medications and you're going to be poor. But sometimes it's also a vicious cycle that when you're poor, you become sick as well. <laughs> Uh, and I think the BPJS Kesehatan has been covering 30 to 40 percent of Indonesian populations. I think it, it is very helpful for people in terms of the human development and also in economic development. 
my role also in achieving the universal healthcare coverage is by giving them a free uh, BPJS for all of Jakarta who who wants to be registered by the BPJS Kesehatan mm-hmm. because we allocate a certain amount of budget. It's around one to two uh, billion rupees for them. And you mentioned thirty percent, a thirty to forty percent enrollment. Yeah, that was nationally, or that was nationally. Nationally. nationally, is that currently? Is that about what the uh, enrollments uh, is now? Uh, nationally, yes, but in Jakarta, it's more than thirty to forty. It's over than I think fifty to sixty percent. With early success, challenges for BPJS Kesehatan have emerged. A payment shortfall and low participation has plagued the system, and the ones that do participate often do so only when they need the services. As a result, many hospitals are partially reimbursed by the government, forcing them to decide whether to pay outstanding bills or pay the staff salaries. Some have chosen to ask the staff to be patient and wait to be paid. One hospital just this month testified in a parliament hearing that BPJS Kesehatan owes it more than 300 billion rupiah, or around 21 million US dollars and said that it is struggling to provide its services. Tolong diingatkan Kementerian Kesehatan dan BPJS Kesehatan, mereka punya utang 300 miliar kepada rumah-rumah sakit Muhammadiyah di seluruh Indonesia. As we mentioned, the payment shortfall is due to low participation and has become a major issue for the healthcare system. BPJS Kesehatan spends huge sums on chronic diseases with little investment on disease prevention or the promotion of healthy lifestyles. Premiums for low-income participants are fully covered by the government, while the majority of others pay heavily subsidized monthly premiums. Currently, BPJS Kesehatan charges around 25,000 rupiah, or around one and a half US dollars for the lowest tier, and 80,000 rupiah, or around 5.7 US dollars for the highest tier premiums. In a move to slow the massive deficit, the government has decided to double the current premiums beginning in January 2020. Although many people can afford to pay the coverage, many fail to see the need to participate until they're actually sick. Berbicara dalam rapat dengar pendapat di DPR, Sri Mulyani menyebut banyak peserta BPJS Kesehatan yang menikmati fasilitas tapi tak membayar iuran. Ini yang jadi biang kerok deficit BPJS Kesehatan. The healthcare scheme has been facing quite a bit of difficulty mm-hmm. since its inception uh, in 2014 where it's always been running a deficit um, where a lot of the subscribers aren't paying mm-hmm. for their premiums until they're actually sick mm-hmm. and also a lot of the treatment has been focused on preventable diseases such mm-hmm. as uh, heart disease uh, diabetes uh, and other preventable illnesses uh, but it, those are very costly yeah yeah the issue has been they've been running this massive deficit And as a result, some of the hospitals haven't been reimbursed for their services, and also some of these pharmaceutical companies also haven't been reimbursed for their products. What do you think is going to happen with the system? How long could it be sustained like this? How long could it go on like this? Okay, so I think uh, there are two main points uh, of the problems uh, that we are facing now about the BPJS Kesehatan. The first one is uh, actually in the management of the BPJS, and the second one is also about the society. Uh, we know that in Indonesia, 
there are not so many people who are health literate. Uh, they are seeking for medication when they are sick, but they never be aware of uh, preventing uh, to be ill or to get disease. Uh, they never, they almost never do that. And that is the cause of the burden of the BPJS Kesehatan. Um, I, I ever talked to one of the professor in the BPJS Kesehatan. He said, to be honest, uh, that the, the enrollment fee for the BPJS Kesehatan is a lot way too cheap. So it's too low. It's, yeah. it, what is it, around 40,000 rupiah now? It should be even more than that. For now, I think in first class should be around 300,000 rupiahs. And the second class should be around 200. And the, first, uh, the third class should be around 100. I see. And that's mm -hmm. different classes of services that you can receive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there is also one of the cause of the BPJS Kesehatan uh, is burdening about. Uh, so th the first one is the enrollment fee is too cheap. And the second one is the mindset of the people who are very looking at the medications uh, when they're sick. And the cost of the medication is very big, right? But we also have to consider that preventing and also promotive actions uh, will not cost as much as the medications. Mm -hmm. And uh, another issue I think uh, what we've been through about is uh, government is to focusing on establishing hospital, puskesmas, providing so many doctors without realizing that they are too focusing on the high risk groups, uh, which are the people who are sick, uh, but they are very low in the awareness of uh, preserving the low risk group uh, in the continuum care. Mm -hmm. So you mean does that mean education or does that mean preventive focusing yeah. on preventive uh -huh. uh, care? Both uh, education, uh, education about the health and also in treating the diseases. There are more than 26,000 health facilities that are under the BPJS Kesehatan, which includes community health centers or puskesmas, hospitals, dentists, and opticians. However, it's far from enough from Indonesia's growing population. Uh, we also have to focus on two different uh, insti uh, institutions. The first one is the health um, ministry. It includes with the local government as well. And the second one is also about the BPJS Kesehatan because it's two different institutions. The first one is the BPJS Kesehatan is doing their job as uh, insurance. They pay uh, what is, what's been uh, asking for claim. And the health minister is responsible to provide the best services for the people including the patient safety and also the what is it the satisfactions for the people looking at the complaints for uh, for the people uh, as you mentioned about it's the it's the responsible of the health minister and also the local government to provide the health system and also the health facility for the people uh, so they will have an access to the BPJS Kesehatan several private hospitals are still resistant to join the BPJS Kesehatan program due to their slow reimbursement schemes and the fact that the government's rates are set well below the hospital's operational costs. Although the majority of hospitals participate in the scheme, some patients are unable to access these facilities. You also mentioned BPJS being in remote areas and things like that. Do you think it's effective? Like, how effective is BPJS dealing in remote areas? Because it's not like how you are in central Java, let's yeah. say, where everything is here. But how is it like when it comes to remote areas like Maluku or Papua, who, where 
it's a, a very different type of accessibility. So basically, uh, there are two types of the partnership uh, in BPJS Kesehatan. Uh, in the primary care, they have the system uh, named Kapitasi, uh, which they will give a certain amount of money based on how many, uh, how many patients are registered in the clinic or in Puskesmas. Uh, then you got the very, very obvious amount every month. But in the hospital, uh, the system is more like a reimbursement system. The problem uh, in the remote area, I think the first one is that uh, people don't ha- uh, exactly don't have access to the hospital. I think the, go- lo- the local government are willing to give them uh, free medications in their regional hospital without the patient is registered with BPJS Kesehatan. So they, I think uh, they allocate more budget uh, in the hospital. So patients do not have to pay for their medication even though they don't have BPJS Kesehatan. Because um, if patient wanna have BPJS Kesehatan, then they have to register it first. And so many patients don't have the kind of awareness to register themselves until they get sick. So that means the hospitals do have enough funds to actually compensate for all these people yeah. who uh-huh. are, oh, okay. And it's being compensated by the government. Uh-huh. It also, because it's also happened in Jakarta where the awareness to register themselves to BPJS Kesehatan is very low. So that's why we, we, we are deploying a lot of medical providers uh, to just register them uh, in front of their house. Uh-huh. And also happened to, uh-huh. and also happened to uh, in, the, in, the, in the direst part of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Is that quite common? I mean, we, we're, we're based in Jakarta uh, and on the island of Java, outside of, say, Java and Sumatra. Is that a common situation where you, where you have a you know, lack of uh, healthcare facilities? Yeah, it's pretty common uh, if uh, we explore the eastern part of Indonesia, or may, uh, I think maybe in the middle part of Indonesia as well, such as Kalimantan Tengah. Uh, but I think it's more devastating if we look at Maluku Utara, Maluku, and also Papua. If we say that they have puskesmas or also the hospital, yes, they sometimes do have the hospital or the puskesmas. But sometimes the hospital of the puskesmas is not that uh, well equipped. There's no doctors or even there's no facilities, uh, minimum facilities for puskesmas or to be called as hospital. Mm-hmm. And on top of this, Indonesia is a archipelago. Yeah. So it's even more difficult for patients to travel. Say they could be on a, one island, but mm. the healthcare services are, are on another island. So for comparison, if uh, when we live in Jakarta, our nearest hospital, I think uh, you can go to the nearest hospital by five minutes away, uh, driving or taking the motorcycles. But in uh, Papua or Maluku, uh, I think you have to take a boat and also driving um, for hours or even days to the nearest hospital. And I think one of the main uh, challenge for the people there is the cost of the transportations. They actually have the BPJS Kesehatan or Jamkesmas, but they don't have any budget for the transportations, which costs them a fortune sometimes. affordability is one thing, but accessibility is another. Healthcare facilities often aren't available in remote areas outside of the main islands, and people, 
often can travel days to get to facilities that provide basic care at most. Some private citizens have taken it upon themselves to provide care to these areas. One such organization is Dr. Share, established by Dr. Lee Darmawan. So, uh, Pat Stanley, if I may, can you talk a little bit about what is Dr. Share and how are they making an impact? Okay, so uh, basically, Dr. Share is a nonprofit organization uh, that our focus is to provide the health services for people in the diverse part of Indonesia, um, mainly in Maluku, Maluku Utara, and also Papua. Um, since uh, we are aiming to get the patients uh, to get the care. So we provide them with a floating hospital so we can reach them direct, directly to their house. It's a floating hospital. I mean, that's, yeah. that's an important point uh -huh. of the, your comment there. How many floating hospitals do you have? Is it a boat? Is it a barge? Um, and where, is it, where are they based? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, we are currently now have three floating hospitals. The first one is a wooden boat. Uh, the second one is a steel boat. And the third one is actually a barge. Uh, with the three of them are, are having a different concept of the services. Uh, and also we have a one therapeutic feeding center uh, clinic. Yeah, what, what, a therapy center? A therapeutic feeding center. What's, what's it's that? It's a nutrition center in K Islands that we are targeting for malnourished patients and also preventing the stunting, the stunting issues there. And also the third one, we have also a tuberculosis clinic in Santani, Papua. You mentioned K, K uh, Islands. Island. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think, is that how Dr. Shear started? Was it doing work in when Dr. Lee was doing work in K Islands? Yes. And uh -huh. where is K Islands? Uh, K Island is located in the Southeast uh, Maluku. It will take you for uh, one night to go from Ambon to K Island with a, with a Pelni ship. So by boat, it will take you out overnight? Yeah, overnight. It's quite far from the city. And so there's no airport, there's no, uh, is there a hospital or clinics there? There's actually a hospital in uh, Tuwal. It's located in K Kecil. Uh, but then uh, there's a K Besar, uh, which is quite far from the city center in Tuwal. Uh, and it's three hours sailing from the K Besar. So it's quite far and there's no hospital in KBSR. The only thing that they have is actually the primary healthcare or Puskesmas, uh, which uh, is uh, not, the community clinic. Yeah, community clinic, which is not that equipped very well. Uh, they don't have any resources like uh, doctors or nurses there. Uh, we give a free medication for them uh, and it's included with the um, uh, operations or surgery. What type of illnesses are you treating mostly? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so mainly uh, it's about the maternal and child uh, sickness or disease, uh, such as uh, we often do the uh, cesarean surgery on board. Um, and the second one, I think what is pretty common there is hernia and also the, um, the appendicitis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they both are life-threatening, aren't they? Yeah, uh -huh. the uh, hernia is quite life-threatening if you if it hits your intestines uh, and you have to operate it within 24 hours. It's uh, it's quite urgent. Angkat kaki kirinya, tinggi-tinggi, a floating hospital with facilities that allows doctors to conduct everything from therapy, checkup facilities, giving birth, to full operation procedures. But you're active in multiple locations at the same time? 
Yeah, well, we are we are pretty active in so many places at the same time, um, such as we run our clinic 24 hours in uh, Papua and also in K Island. But for the medical services with the floating hospital, it run uh, a monthly services. Although started in K Island in Maluku, Dr. Share has expanded its fleets and caters to areas across Indonesia that most need these types of services. And although the seas themselves can be brutal on Dr. Share's vessels and teams, the sea isn't the only obstacle. And which areas besides Maluku, which areas are you focusing on? Or I think a better question is what areas are in most need mm-hmm. of additional services like Dr. Share is providing? Um, one of the interesting part beside Maluku and Maluku Utara, because we can reach them by the floating hospital, is also Papua. Uh, there are a lot of uh, mountainous area in Papua that we cannot bring our floating hospital. Then, uh, thereby, I think uh, we have to bring our doctors and also the volunteers by hiking or by walking for hours and days to reach the village there. And also the main challenge is that it's very different like in Jakarta. like. In one area, I think, uh, can be populated with so many peoples. But in Papua, you have to go through for hours to find one or two patients, such as like that. Yeah, extreme isolation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, each each village or, or a group of people could be separated by uh, mountain ranges and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And how many patients do you think you have served over the years? On average, I think we serve almost over than 5,000, but last year we hit uh, 10,000 patients. In in one year? In one year. It's a lot in yeah. one year. Uh-huh. And I think if in accumulations, uh, since our foundation established, I think uh, we already serve over than 50,000 patients. Wow, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Is the lo- are the local governments making an effort to try and solve this problem? Or is this basically these patients are relying on Dr. Share? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I may give an example in Maluku, they, they really support our activity there. Uh, one of our main challenge in floating hospital is we don't have the legal base. We don't have any permit to run the floating hospital. And because I think it is because we don't have any ministry uh, regulations about the floating hospital, we only have the permit for the land hospital. Uh, and what do they help for us is they provide the legal base, the regulation for us, and also they also help us with the, with kind of the mechan- uh, mechanism of the patient referral for us. And um, that is one of the main important things. And the second one in Maluku, they also uh, donated us a land to operate the K Island. Here's what Dr. Share is aiming to do in the near future and how you can help too. We are preparing, we are actually preparing uh, ourselves to operate the floating hospital. Uh, the, the third one uh, is a hospital barge uh, and the operational cost, uh, the operational cost is uh, very expensive. It costs a fortune. It costs us like uh, 1 billion each month. So we, uh, we kind of need your support uh, to, to help us uh, by, by donating. Uh, you can both uh, donate or donate your time as a volunteers. We're actually seeking for a medical volunteers, such as doctor, pharmacist, uh, nurses, midwife, and other else. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you would like to support Dr. Share, visit their website at drshare.org. Get all of our updates and articles at indonesiaindepth.com and also our Twitter at IndoIndepth. Send your questions or feedback to info at indonesiaindepth.com and follow Sean Corrigan's LinkedIn for additional insights. For this episode, our executive producer is Sean Corrigan, producer is Tanita, editor is Veronica, and researcher is Risky. Thanks for listening.